I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special Lost Interview edition of Black Hole Cinema, hosted by me, Tony Black. Last summer, when the podcast came to a brief halt for about six months, I realized there were several interviews I did with friends and colleagues online that hadn't actually been released. So instead of them sitting on my hard drive, I thought, why not release them in between the new podcasts we're doing for however long they go on for and give those really interesting interviews about certain films the light of day. So over the next few weeks, we're going to have several different interviews from several different people about several different, more than likely quite classic films. So without further ado, welcome to The Lost Interviews. <laughs> Okay, welcome back everybody, and this is the segment in which I get a friend on and they talk about their favourite movie. So today, I'm uh, very, very happy to um, invite on the uh, youngest person I think I know in the world. <laughs> um, hello Mr. Tom East. Hello, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Let's start talking about your <laughs> film, which is... The film is House of Flying Daggers. House of Flying Daggers, a film that I've heard a fair bit about. I haven't seen this one, but I've heard a fair bit about uh, in my time. Tom, do you want to talk us through what it is, basically, and the story and everything? Okay, the film is a wuxia film, which is like those um, Chinese films that you see, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where, you know, they can all fly and their fighting is ridiculously good. For some reason, when I was a kid, I thought that that was actually possible in China. Anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> the plot is basically, at heart, it is a love triangle, which, you know, is a bit meh, but it's surrounded by some of the best visuals I've ever seen in a film, some of the best fight choreography I've ever seen in a film, and it all kind of comes together to this really gripping story and 
I don't know, it just kind of grabs you and doesn't really let you go. Do you want to tell us a bit more about Wuxia, is it? Just because obviously that seems to be the central, one of the central hooks of the film. I mean, you say it's about, like, you know, martial arts in which they're flying through the air. What, what, what exactly does that mean, in ge- roughly? Wuxia is a genre of film that kind of came out of... It, it's been going for ages now, but it took... In the early noughties, it really, like, took off with Hollywood when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. Mm. And it basically... I'm not really sure what to say. It kind of shows these martial artists as people who have... They possess abilities perhaps beyond what's humanly possible. I think the reason that grabs so many people and was such a popular thing in Hollywood is because it's kind of... It takes the traditional action sequences and adds a bit of something just a bit more extraordinary to them. And I think that's why it's so visually pleasing to watch as well. Well, I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was, was quite an art housey kind of martial arts film, wasn't it? That I don't think anyone quite expected to do as well in, in Hollywood that, that it did. Uh, and it yeah. kind of took people by surprise, you know, a bit like bit by storm, a bit like the raid he's doing over the last couple of years and he's doing now with the martial arts in that. People have been a bit blown away by the new style. And this sounds this sounds like it's it's a little bit fantasy. Is 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 that is that the gist of it? Is it is it got a little bit because you're saying they're doing like these hyper real martial arts? Is it set in kind of a fantasy world or is it is it in the real world but with this kind of extra dimension to it? I would say as. I'm not exactly an expert on the time period these films are based on myself, but I would say that it kind of grounds it in reality, and I think the only real thing that's quite so fantastical about this world that the films are set in is the whole martial arts fighting aspect. But aside from that, the stories that these movies tell are kind of grounded in reality. They do have... They try and set them in, like, Tang Dynasty, which was um, a real dynasty in China, so they do try and base it in parts of history, but the actual content of the fighting is what's kind of fantasy about it. So, yeah, it's like a blend of real-world history with, with that element. Okay, I see. Is that, is that what makes it your favourite, then? Is, that, is, it the, is it the fight? Is it the martial arts? Is it the fighting? Or is it the... Is it, I mean, you say the love's triangle was a little bit meh, um, so presumably it's not that element to it. So what is it really that, that hooks you in with this and ranks it up there really high for you? Well, I think with the love triangle, like I didn't go in expecting much because it is a love triangle and it's such like an overused kind of trope in media today. But I think in this in this movie there are there are quite a lot of twists to it, and I think that um, when it comes down to it, the movie in itself is a tragedy more than a romance film or an action film, and I think that really kind of grabs you and it does give you. Um, at the end, you do have this emotional resonance from it. But I think I think what really makes the film appeal to me is that it takes all the aspects. It takes the tragedy and it takes the action. And like I said earlier, the visuals in the film, like the cinematography, is absolutely incredible. Mm. And I think the fact that it includes all of them and they all work so well together is what really makes it an outstanding film to me. It was actually nominated for um, an Oscar for best cin- cinematography, uh, which I don't know if you know, but um, that, by the sound of it then, you're not, you know, you're certainly not the only one who thought that about how it looked and everything like that. And I've, I've, cause I've read up on it a little bit. I mean, I fully intend to watch it, but I, I've read up on it a little bit. Um, and it, they talk a lot about how there's a lot of color used and a lot of um, sp- very specific scenes that involve 
like fight scenes set in a blizzard and things like that? Is it very, it re- does it really encapsulate and really drag you in in terms of a visual side? I think so, yeah. And I think with the fight scenes, they do try and match it up to certain different colours or weather and stuff. There's a scene set in the middle of the forest and everything is very green. Mm. And there's a, um, there's a fight scene in the middle of the field and you've got the flowers around giving it a kind of yellow look. And at the very end, there is the massive fight scene set during a blizzard. So everything's very white and they use the different colours like white and the um, red blood to kind of make everything more visual and like you can't not look at it because it's it's right there and the colours are so kind of stark towards each other that it's just very it, it's visually pleasing like it's it's nice to look at but then there's a lot of themes behind the colours they've used for certain scenes so I think it's very um, it's very clever how the director and the set designers have gone around it and yeah. It's, it sounds really sort of visually striking as well as everything else. I'm thinking though, is it, is it, does part of the appeal for you, is it the fact that it's got quite a strong female role in, in, the, in the main, because the main part's a female role, isn't it? Or is it, is it, is it stretched between um, two, because it's about two men and a woman, isn't it? Ultimately, the, the central story. Yeah. Would you say that um, part of it's because of that, that female, you know, strong role? Well, the, the main character itself is um, one of the males, and they're both police officers. But the strong female role, she's obviously, she's kind of at the centre of the plot of the movie. And I think the fact that she is such a strong character, and not only in um, the way that she fights, but also in the way that she chooses to love, I think that the fact that she's, the fact that she is that kind of character really did kind of grab me. I think it's a good um, word to show. She's not a prop, whereas in some films, women can be seen as props. And even though she is caught in the centre of this love triangle, she she isn't helpless. She knows what she wants. And even if it takes her some time to like come to that understanding, I think that she's, she as the centre of the film, she is quite... Um, she's quite gripping and she's easy to watch and you, you do kind of root for her and for the other main characters. Mm. I'm, it just reminds me, you know, uh, talking about this, and, and I'm not saying it's the same kind of film, but it reminds me of, because you're a big fan of Sucker Punch, aren't you? I am, yes yeah. I am. No, no, <laughs> and we've differed on this before, haven't we? Um, which, yeah. is, which is, I think, I think it's, it's purely, you know, one of those different taste things because there's plenty of people who do like Sucker Punch. And I, I, I remember liking visually a lot of what Sucker Punch is about. Um, and I still do to this day, even though I've got my issues with the film. But that was very much a film. I'm not saying it's like this, but it, it was very much a film that used the, a, a very fantastical world in which people were doing things that they weren't physically part, capable of doing and had you know, a, a strong female role or several strong female roles you connected with. And I, I just started thinking, well, maybe one of the reasons you like this is because it's it's got that sort of heightened reality to it, especially in terms of females as well, and, and strong that. Do, do, is there anything in that? Do you think that's something you like as a theme going through the, the, the kind of films you like, or is it just coincidental, really? I would definitely say that there is um, the whole strong female character and the use of like fantasy elements in a film that is otherwise grounded. I would say that is something that does appeal to me, and I think... It's good to show female characters like that. And with Sucker Punch, they have like a range of different, each character has like different strengths and different weaknesses. And I think 
it's films that show well-rounded women, women who can be strong, but then do have moments of weakness. Like in House of Flying Daggers, the, um, the female character May, she does have moments of weakness and moments where she is in the wrong, even though she is otherwise a strong character. I think that's really, it's really kind of grabbing because these women aren't being limited to one-dimensional characters. They're given different sides. They're allowed to be right in a situation. They're allowed to be wrong. They're allowed to make mistakes. And I think that's what, it's taking all these traits and not forcing them in, but letting them become naturally. I think that's what really grabs me about films like House of Flying Dagger and Sucker Punch. And I think including them in a fantasy, in kind of a fantasy setting with loads of action, it's obviously action is grabbing people like to watch it mm. but at the same time you you take the characters and their stories into the action so it's not just like mindless and there's no meaning to it 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 does mean something and i think that's why films like that have grabbed me so much is are there any other films that are similar to wooks wook, 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 i can't say properly wooksier films um or these these martial arts kind of kind of things that you you're really into into as well or is, is it just this one or is it is it quite a range that you like um no there are a couple obviously crouching tiger hidden dragon mm. i do quite enjoy it. i have i have issues with the middle part that just drags on mm. but there's also hero which i believe is actually mm. by the same director that's also really quite good and that's got a very interesting way of how it tells the story it tells the same events from three different sides but I think, I think in that genre, films can be quite limited, especially with how many are exposed over here in, um, in the West. Because over there, I'm sure there are plenty more, but there aren't ones that are like publicly known. Mm, so yeah, yeah. I would say that the genre itself, it had its kind of peak in Hollywood back in the early 2000s when these films were all coming out. But then I think it's kind of faded into sort of obscurity. So I haven't personally gone like looking for them. But if one yeah. was to come come out in cinemas over in the West, I would no doubt go and see it because I do think as a genre it's quite interesting. It's not really like any kind of genre we have here in the West. So I would be interested in seeing more definitely. Well, that's interesting because uh, that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you, which was, do you think that in certain respects, whether it's in terms of action or in terms of of how they, you know, visually sort of tether you to the emotion of the characters. Do you think that they actually do it better in in the in Asia to some extent, or do you, do you think that it's just a different style and we do from what you've seen that we do it just as well? I would say that every um, everything is kind of di- every situation is different between the films that we make here in the West and the films they make there in, out there in Asia. I would say that the way that the way that these the films over there are kind of they are perhaps more visually striking and the fighting there is a certain style whereas i think films in the west are a lot more as a whole i'm just generalizing but as a whole the they can be visually a bit understated they're not quite as fantastical i mean sucker punch is obviously the exception mm. but i think that was made in a way to kind of emulate the wuxia films with the way um with the way it looks. But I do think they're very different kind of styles and you have big action films over here. But I think with in the West, when we have action films, we tend to favour like explosions and guns more than actual fighting, um, like hand-to-hand combat and swords. And I think 
over in Asia, they tie the fighting in their action films into the um, into their surroundings, like in the forest or in the field. And I think that's what what makes it so different because they tie the fighting into the into the surroundings, but then the surroundings are so visually striking. They all kind of comes. I think it knits together perhaps more in these films than it does in films over in the West. But obviously, that's just a generalisation. There are films in um, action films made over here and in America where the action does tie in. I know that um, there are a lot of good ones, but I, I do think, on the whole, if we generalise it, perhaps Asian action films are kind of more gripping purely because it's all so tied together. I, 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 think, I think that's true, really. I mean, yeah, it's a generalisation, but, you know, on the whole, a majority of action films you get made by Hollywood or, you know, the rare ones you get made in Britain... They have, they do have their own flavour, but they and and they're good in in different kinds of ways. But I don't always think they manage to marry the action perfectly to to everything else. And what what's interesting now with and I mentioned it before, but the raid, which I don't know if you've seen the raid and the raid two that's just out in cinemas. If you haven't, I hugely recommend them. But what that what they're doing, and maybe this is because the director's Welsh, and he, but he's based in Indonesia. What they're doing is that they're kind of marrying almost the two styles together in that they've got this. This very specific martial arts that the guys involved are doing that is mesmerising to watch, and it's like it's like a ballet, it's like a dance move. Um, but it's also it's got a lot of the Western kind of action tropes thrown in there. You know, it's got car chases, it's got gun battles, it's got explosions, it's got not not that many of those, but it's got those. So it's interesting how the next the next evolution of this might be a, a fusion of both. And you might find that it, both in the West and in and in here, in this side of the pond, they start marrying the two together, which would be interesting, you know. And if they did more films that had that kind of thing that House of Flying Jack Daggers has got, that could that could be interesting, couldn't it? It could make some really interesting films. I think absolutely. I think there are a lot of lessons that we could learn from from films in the Wuxia genre and other action films made out in Asia, and I think that. I don't think we'll ever like lose our own kind of action films with the explosions, car chases. But I think you're totally right. If you marry the styles, it does kind of adds another layer, I think. And I think that is definitely where the action genre, if it's not heading already, it should be heading because I think that creates like a more exciting, a more exciting film for audiences to watch. Absolutely, and it's it's new, isn't it? It's innovative. So finally, then, if you had to recommend. Say to somebody like myself who hasn't seen it, but if there's one piece of advice about House of Flying Drag, Drag House of Flying Dragons, I keep going to that. House of Flying da- that's sucker punch. House of Flying Daggers. <laughs> if there's one thing to recommend about House of Flying Daggers, one reason why people should watch it right now, what is it? I think the one reason you should watch House of Flying Daggers is because it's possibly the most visually striking film I have ever seen. Yeah, visually striking. So in terms of the fact that they can sit there, they can watch it, and they'll be visually blown away by what they're going to see. Absolutely. I mean, every time I watch it, I'm blown away. I kind of forget just how, on such a grand scale, every single every single shot is. There's no one shot that you can look at and say, oh, that's so-and-so. Every shot is so... There's so much thought that's gone into it. I think that's the key to a favourite film, isn't it? When you, when every time you go and watch it again, it blows you away again, or you see something you didn't see before, or you know it feels like the first time. I think, I think that's that's why 
favourite films are favourite films, aren't they? Regardless of whether or not they're critically acclaimed films. I mean, my favourite film certainly isn't. But it's one. It's that, it's that experience you can go and have every time, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'm convinced you've sold me. <laughs> so I should think you've sold plenty of other people as well, although a lot of people who are far more you know, cultural than me will probably have seen it anyway. But if you haven't, check out House of, House of Flying, not Dragons, House of Flying Daggers. Thanks very much, Tom. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.